Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast that tells the story behind the book. It includes insights from authors about how they compose their work, what inspires them, and what they hope you'll take away from their book. Here's your host for this episode of Books on Air, Suzanne Harris. Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Sloan Fremont filling in for Suzanne Harris. This is the podcast where the listeners get the secret story behind every book. Joining me today is Randy Mautilal, author of the book, The Gentleman's Guide to Cooking. This is not a one-track, one-cuisine, instant meal type of cookbook. This cookbook has recipes from around the world and has every course of the meal covered. The step-by-step recipe makes it easy for anyone to prepare these meals and gives you directions on how to plate your meals. If you want to impress your date or significant other with a classy meal at home, then this book is for you. Randy, welcome to the Books on Air podcast. Thank you very much for having me. So let's start out by telling the audience just a little bit about yourself and what led you to write your book, The Gentleman's Guide to Cooking. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I live in, the, in Minneapolis, Minneapolis, Minnesota, excuse me, um, born and raised here, uh, grew up in a, in a cultural household. My parents are from Guyana, South America. Okay. Um, so grew up a lot of, around, a, around a lot of international cuisine growing up and kind of got a taste and a flair for it at a young age. Uh, growing up in America, mm-hmm. um, I actually dedicated my book to them uh, for oh, nice. teaching me how to cook. Yeah. Uh, what really led me to writing this book is uh, before 2020 pandemic, I traveled a lot for work uh, with my job. But once the pandemic hit, I was taken off the road and pretty much stuck at home. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do anything. Uh, all I could go to was the grocery store. And that was pretty much it. But and that's a big change. For, I used to travel too. So I know that feeling when you go from the go, go, go all the time. And then you're, you're, then you go to nothing. That's hard to take. Yes, it really was. And I had to find a way to fill my time and keep myself from going stir crazy like right. the rest of the world. Right. Um, but I loved cooking so much. And even, you know, when I was home and not traveling, the first thing I would do was cook because mm-hmm. I was, I didn't want to eat out anymore. I used to right. be on the road. So once I was cooking more often, I was posting all my dishes and recipes on social media and my friends, family and followers, you know, they were like, hey, you should write a book or you should do a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too keen on being filmed too much. So I was like, OK, I'll try writing a book. I sat down, put all the recipes down on paper and pulled them from archives that I had for myself and, you know, took the photos myself as I plated the dishes and put the book together in an order I felt was, you know, easy for people to follow at home, sent it to a few publishers. And luckily, two publishers contacted me back and we made it a reality. Yeah, that's amazing. And I looked at your website and the the pictures of your recipes. (laughs) They look amazing. And the photos are just spectacular. So um, (laughs) it looked really good. Um, So let's start out maybe by talking about what makes a great meal. I know that might seem like a simple question, but for people who maybe aren't used to cooking or maybe don't, um, maybe are intimidated by it, can we start out by talking a little bit about that? Yeah. What makes a great meal? I think what makes a great meal is knowing that you put the effort and time into it. Yeah. And this is something that you you wanted to do and you made it happen. Mm -hmm. And that's how I always felt 
and cooking is a lot of trial and error. If you're just getting into it and if you don't have a guide to follow or recipes, you know, you're, you're trial and error and seeing what you like, seeing what doesn't work. And until you find the flavor profile you're looking for. And yes. I think it's very similar with when you go out to eat places as well. You know, you, you like certain style of cuisines of food and you don't like this spice palette. And that's how you choose where you usually go out to eat. Same thing is going to happen when you want to create a meal at home. You're going to gravitate towards a certain uh, spice profile and palette. So, um, but I think overall, as to your initial question is um, just putting it together is what makes a great meal. Yeah. Yeah. And that, with somebody. Yeah. And knowing that you've done that and, and it, it, to me, when I make, when I cook at home and I, I do a lot as well, it, it, it feels good to have done that. It feels good. It feels like I'm doing something good for myself. Yes. So when you're entertaining with, with people, maybe it's, it could be just maybe a significant other or friends, or if you have a larger group, how do you know what type of food to make and in the style of serving? So, you know, how do you know to do maybe a buffet style versus something where everybody sits down and has a plate or is that a personal preference kind of thing? Um, I honestly think um, if you're going to do like a dinner party or a large party for people, it's, you want to ask them, do you guys want to do a sit down dinner? Do you want to do a buffet style? And then you have an idea of how you should build your, your menu. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the times when my family and friends hear that I'm cooking, they're like, we want to sit down meal, put it all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm always pulled to that direction. But uh, I think that's the avenue you need to take right off the bat. And then from there, you can, you kind of know who's coming to your party, how much everybody usually eats. So then you have an idea of how much to make or prepare and how many different dishes you would like to have for everybody to try. Yeah. And you mentioned about building the menu. So is that something you also ask for input from, or do you, I mean, I, obviously if you know the people, you kind of probably have an idea, but um, how do you build your menu? Is it around certain ingredients or maybe what you can get locally? Um, for me, it's um, pairing um, flavor profiles. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going for an Asian theme, I'm going to use Asian style um, recipes and flavor profiles. If I'm going Mm -hmm. Italian, that direction, if I'm going Caribbean, I try and keep the same uh, flavor profile. That way your palate is not jumping all over the place while you're eating. Mm -hmm. It's inviting a new recipe, a new flavor into each course. You're just building upon those. I see. Yeah. Complimenting. Yeah. So the the flavor of profile that, that is, how would you define that? I, I think I know what you mean, but. Uh, for flavor profile, it's basically the spices and blends that you're putting together. Mm-hmm. That's what it is like with. Um, I'll use the Caribbean one. We use a lot of spice in our food mm-hmm. and you want to be able to tame that spice or present it based on your, uh, your guests that are going to be enjoying your food. So you need to be able to balance that, but then you also have some, Indian spices thrown in there, um, Hispanic spices. So it's a, a blend of different flavors and spices from around the world that are creating this profile that you're going to present in your dish. Okay. And then, so your book, when you built the recipes and you help maybe people who are at new at entertaining or new at cooking at home, 
you help people figure that out. <laughs> Is that right? Yes. So, and that's one thing I did, like all the spices are listed because you're going to make the spice blends yourself and then add it to your dish. Mm-hmm. You see, okay, um, this appetizer match. So, excuse me. Um, I want to give an example. Um, one of my favorite dishes to make is the miso, uh, miso glazed sea bass. Okay. So what I usually do when I put that together for my guests or my significant other is I'll make the wonton soup as the appetizer soup course to pair with the miso glazed salmon or sea bass, excuse me. So those flavor profiles tie into each other and you know you're getting a nice consistent meal and then for dessert when that comes into play if um, they're up for it I usually go with like the glazed donut bread pudding with Mm. that caramel sauce that sounds good (laughs) nice way to round it out thank you so the way and that's kind of how I laid the book out was it has every course put together and you can kind of pick and see what would work well for what your guests are looking for. So you yeah. have your the cocktails in there, appetizers, soups and salads, breads, entrees, desserts. And then I threw in at the very end, the a section for breakfast called the next morning in case your evening went well and you want to continue <laughs> yeah. on for the next morning. So... <laughs> I thought that was a little fun spin on it. So yeah, that is. And it's, I mean, from what you're saying, and it it sounds like you, you're, you help people through the process of understanding how to put a great meal together and go into the next morning if, if all goes well, but once, would you say that once people start to see how that works and see how that flow is, then they can start, then they can understand how they can apply that in their own lives. Like they can understand, like maybe get a little creative and use your recipes and maybe, um, uh, add some things or, you know, whatever, but having that, it, it sounds like what you're doing in the book is you're helping people also build confidence in their cooking skills. Oh, for sure. Sloan. That that's exactly what I, I did this for. Like I, I'm going to throw a lot of my friends under the bus. A lot of my guy friends can't cook. But yeah. <laughs> they have their significant others and their wives. And I'm like, Hey man, you need to cook for your, for your significant other, your wife. And like, okay, well tell me what to do. And I'm always walking them through it. Now I have the guide for them and they're using it and their wives are like, thank you so much. <laughs> right. um, but yes, it's to help you build that confidence in your, in your skills. You don't have to go out to a restaurant to have a good meal every time. And you don't have to be making simple Instapot meals. Right. Um, Frozen meals, that kind of stuff. Exactly. At home, you can have an elegant meal at home. And that's what I wanted to try to bring with this book and show people, yes, you can do it. And I'm hoping people will throw their own spin on it. Yeah. Again, this this was just a guide and the recipe, but if you're like, well, I think adding a spin, you know, a pinch of paprika here or seasoning salt on this, great, go for it. Yeah. And let me know like, Hey, I tried this and it worked out great. Yeah. I'm always up for people's critiques and presentation like hey I put it together this way instead so yeah and and again it, it, it sounds like you're also helping once you like you broke it apart to help people understand how it goes together 
Yes. And that, that I think is what sometimes is makes people that I know who don't cook, which I was, I always didn't, when people would tell me they don't cook, I, then I would say, well, what do you eat? Like, exactly. I, you know, I don't like, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely asking the question, like, do you mean you just eat out all the time? Or do you mean you just eat like frozen things all the time? And, you know, a lot of times they would say, well, yeah, or I go to the grocery store, you know, and get something, you know, already prepared in the prepared section. And, um, but that understanding, like the, 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 um, the breaking apart of it, and then to help people understand how to put it together is, um, especially in cooking, I think it, it build you start to build on your own confidence. You build on your own abilities and it doesn't seem as daunting or so overwhelming or, and the, the, the desire to go pick something up or the desire to go to the grocery store and get something out of that case that's been sitting there for who knows how long, like yep. once you start to have that confidence and then the desire to eat that way goes down significantly. Oh, for sure. I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Um, and I think it also, by having that confidence in the guide to work with, it helps you with your shopping as well. Like, yeah. you know, what all to pick up or when you're going to find certain, uh, ingredients, you may stop and look at something else as well that you may not have looked at before. And you're going to be willing to try that as well, because again, it's in the same flavor profile. And you're like, okay, well, maybe I can substitute this for this instead. And it, it will most likely work. Yes. And also not going to the grocery store and just picking random things out and hoping you can come home and put them together. That never exactly. works well, at least not no. for me. <laughs> um, so let's get back to maybe the entertaining portion. So you've cooked the meal, you know, you've got this great meal. Can you offer some etiquette tips for listeners when they're entertaining at home? Yes. Um, so in the book as well, in the beginning of the book, I have um, a, a laid out picture of how you should set your table mm-hmm. um, from an edi- elegant etiquette setting, you know, with the, the correct plate sizes, forks and knives and spoons, what, which ones you're supposed to use with your courses, your water glasses, your wine glasses, um, just and and where they're supposed to sit on the table and Mm -hmm. how you work your way from outside in for each course. Um, So I always liked that aspect of it as well, because a nice set table or a nice table setting, excuse me, is the first you're going to see that you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm in for a great meal. Yeah, you're already Mm -hmm. expecting something great that has no food on it already. You add the food to it. It's going to enhance your experience. Yes. And seeing that set up like that, you know, somebody's put the effort out that they they're showing you that they, you know, that they care enough to do this. Right. And I think even if you do it for yourself, right. Sometimes I'm guilty of eating, you know, sitting down in front of the TV to eat and then it's just this mindless activity. But when I actually take the time to sit down at the table, even if it's just by myself with a plate, it's a completely different experience than what I'm eating. That is very very true. Cause then Again, you feel like you've you've done something and you want to enjoy it yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then it's so, important to you to do that, that that's an important so to me, it's like a way I, I again, like I said, like I care for myself enough to do this. I agree. I totally do. I do it myself when I'm after I've created my my dishes or my videos. I don't just box up the food, I eat on myself. So I, I set the table for if I'm my my girlfriend is here with me, you know, she'll eat with me. But if it's just myself, I will set a table setting for just one and enjoy the meal. Cause yeah. 
put the extra effort in for myself too. Exactly. Cause it's okay to enjoy a meal alone too. I think often oh, we yeah. have to go, have to have somebody or, you know, what's, what's, the, what's the, the effort, you know, it's not worth the effort if I'm just doing it myself, but actually it is, it really is. I agree. So what surprised you the most about writing your cookbook? I think it was how long it took me because um, yeah. deciding what I wanted in there and what I didn't or what I could hold on to, to do for another book, possibly down the line, or yeah. I could use this for my, my food videos instead um laying it out and again matching up the flavor profiles to say that I can put this together this should not this all should go together this shouldn't yeah so I and then cooking all the recipes too um because I have over 75 recipes in there um I worked full-time during the day and then in the afternoons and evenings I was working on the book Mm -hmm. I was like man this is it's taking a good amount of time and you know, I, I actually finished it in about five months, but, you know, I was so eager to get it done, but yeah. I had to be patient with it. Um, I think that was the most interesting part about it. Yeah. And with the cookbook, especially if you've been cooking for a while, um, trying to actually write down what you do or remember, well, how much do I actually put into this? Cause like when I cook, sometimes I'll just throw things in. Like, I don't really know. Like, and sometimes it turns out. Okay. Sometimes it doesn't, but I don't use a lot of times I don't use actual measurements. So I imagine like really thinking about that and getting that, um, you know, perfected took a little time too. Oh yes. That was very hard for me as well. Um, cause as I mentioned, I grew up with, you know, my watching my parents cook and learning from them. My parents to this day still don't measure. They yeah. know by my feel. Yeah. So I grew up learning to cook that way as well. So, but yes, when I did have to do the book here now and my videos going forward that I do on a weekly basis, I have to measure out everything. And it was teaching myself, okay, four shakes is close to quarter teaspoon and, yeah, you know, converting it that way and a lot of trial and error with it too, but it, it all worked out. So, yeah. And so is your, your cooking channel, is that like a YouTube channel that you have or where? Do you uh, no, not as yet. I'm uh, solely working on Instagram, TikTok, and uh, Facebook. So um, each week I come up with a new recipe, either from my book or something else that I've tried out. And I, I shoot the video from start to finish and how to plate like, how to build it, how to plate it, and then how you're going to present it. Oh, nice. And, you know, with sh- social media, you know, everything is locked to one minute, but yeah, I found, I kind of follow the trends that are out there and make the video. So it shows, you know, gives you enough time to follow step-by-step on how to put, put it all together. Nice. Yeah. The cooking videos to me are often mesmerizing too, when I watch somebody do it, because it, yeah. it's so like just seeing the process and, um, and then the end result, it's very satisfying to see that too. And I think it's helpful too, because it shows you, okay, this is what I need to do. Yeah. Rather than always just reading a recipe, you don't know, okay, is this how I do that? Or how do I do this? And that was one thing I had done in my book as well was I had put how to do certain techniques in there. Yeah. Like in the, in the recipes, like this is how you should chop it or cut it to this length, um, bring that into, into your repertoire. And then I also, for every recipe has a picture. Most cookbooks don't have that. It's, you see the recipe and you have, you're thinking what it should look like, 
but you have no idea. But that's yeah. one thing that used to frustrate me with cookbooks. And then with mine, I said, okay, I don't care what it is. I'm going to do a picture for everything. So yeah. you know what your end results should look like. Yeah. And I love that. Um, what you're talking about with the techniques and stuff, like when you show that on your video, because for me, like chopping onions is still something like I've seen the techniques I've tried it, but for some reason, that's just something I cannot seem to get. <laughs> so when I can watch other people doing it, I can, okay, well, next time I can try it this way or, okay, he put his hand like this way and you know, somebody else might've put their hand another way. Right. But it gives you different, um, that visual ability to look at that. Then you can actually, and sometimes I'll actually sit there with the video and just pause, you know, pause it as the person is doing it. So I can actually see, okay, am I doing this right? Because if you, once you understand those kinds of things too, I think, you know, then cooking doesn't, um, again, it's another like step that, um, that helps you build confidence. You're not as worried about it or you're not as, Oh, I can't do that. So I might as well not do any of it kind of, you know, mindset. That is very true. And that, I think that's a big deterrent for a lot of people from cooking because they don't understand the techniques or they get frustrated with it. And then they give up and they said, yeah, I'm done with this. I'm going to order a pizza. And, right. and that's it. And never go back but, to it again. <laughs> and never go back to it. But if yeah. you practice, like you're saying with the videos or, that was, it's a common saying practice makes perfect. Yeah. You continue yeah. to practice and do it. You're going to get it. Yeah. There is really no skill in culinary cooking that is beyond anybody's reach. Right. Anybody can do this. So I actually, when I was writing this book, I think I was thinking back about the movie uh, Ratatouille yeah. with the little mouse, the Disney uh -huh. movie. And the, the main chef was his, his slogan was anybody can cook. Uh -huh. And I've always believed that. So that was kind of how that went into my book too. It's like, anybody can do this. And I have to find a way to show them that they can do this. Yeah. And you covered all angles of it too, right? All the, all the excuses one might have for not cooking, they, they go out the window because you've covered all the angles in your book. There you go. <laughs> so what, what do you want people to know about cooking meals at home? Like what would be the one thing that you would want to offer somebody listening today about cooking at home? Um, I would have to say it's just do it, go for it. It's, yeah. it's so much easier than you wanted, than you wanted to believe it is. So As most things in life, right? <laughs> yes. And the other part too, I think, you know, the economic climate we're in right now, everything is going up in cost. Yeah. Even rest, going out to eat is going up. If you can, if you really want, mix it up at home, have a nice meal at home, create it yourself. You can do it. Yeah. And I think you often know what we you do like those... Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, I, you know what you like to eat instead of going out to get it, do it. You, you can bring it into your home yourself. Right. And I think that going out to eat for some, and it's been for me at periods in my life, it just be, it was just a habit. I didn't even think about it. I didn't even stop to think there was another option. So everything that we've talked about today, um, hopefully has given the listeners some inspiration, um, to, to try this, to try, to try cooking at home and see how it goes. And, um, I think like you've said, I think most people would probably be surprised as it's something that everybody can do. Yes. Randy, it's been great talking to you. My guest this week has been Randy Mautilal, author of the book, The Gentleman's Guide to Cooking. Um, do you want to tell the listeners where they can find out more about you, your social media and your website? Yes, thank you. Um, so my website is thegentlemansguidetocooking.com. 
Um, we just had our website redone and rebuilt. Um, so it's a whole new look. Um, you can find all of our social media videos and posts on there as well. Um, as you scroll down, it's all linked together. So you can see the videos and how the dishes all go together. If you're not willing or wanting to commit to the book right away, I did uh, break down each recipe and they are listed on the website that you can purchase individual recipes. Or if you want to purchase three or four different recipes and build a meal yourself, mm-hmm. that way you can do it as well. So it's mm-hmm. you don't have to go with the full investment up front. If you want to just try a couple, there you go. And some of my food videos have the full recipes in them as well. So I'm giving everybody every opportunity I can to enjoy these. So, yeah, I love it. And, and like I said, the pictures are just amazing on your, on your website. So I hope the listeners take a look at that. Cause they are, um, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> they look Perfect. So, um, so you can find more about the gentleman's guide to cooking on Randy's website, as he mentioned, and I'll be sure and link to link to that in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. Um, before we close out, Randy, do you have any final closing thoughts you'd like to offer to the listeners today about your book and about cooking? Um, yes, I, I just, I appreciate the opportunity, you know, and I hope everybody enjoys the book and the recipes. Uh, again, don't be afraid of these recipes. They are, they may look overwhelming, but they are not. No yeah. recipe is out of your reach. Even if it's not my own, there's no recipe you can't do. Yeah. And there's no meal you cannot bring into your home. So I encourage you to get out there and, and cook and enjoy the process. Yes. And that's our challenge. Everybody who's listening, get out there and cook a meal this week and, and tell Randy, contact Randy and let him know how it went. <laughs> yes, please do. Thank you again, Randy. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you'll join us for the next Books on Air podcast. Remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening.